Well, good evening, everyone. It's great to be here, uh, and it's awesome to be able to open up God's Word uh, with us tonight. I'm going to pray, uh, and then we'll look at 2 Thessalonians. So won't you join with me as I pray? Gracious Father, we give you thanks for your goodness. Lord God, we give you thanks that you are here, that you are present with us. Lord, we ask that you would open our hearts and minds to your word through your spirit this evening. Please change us. Please convict us, not just in our minds where we might think differently about things, but that those thoughts might lead to actions which honour you in the way that we live. Please help me to carefully and faithfully honour you with what I say now. Amen. Well, the series that we're looking at is called Supernatural. Last week we heard from Shane about the man of lawlessness that behind opposition to the gospel is Satan, the evil one. Now Satan means slanderer, accuser or tempter and this gives us an insight into his purposes. Jesus refers to him as the father of lies in John 8 and his purpose is to tempt, accuse and slander God's people into doubting God. Satan's goal for God's people is to cause them to take their eyes off God amongst the hardship and dwell on the circumstances. To doubt that God is in control because of challenges they might be experiencing. The Bible teaches us really clearly that God is in control. He is sovereign overall, and that includes Satan. God uses what Satan intends for harm to grow and develop his people. We get an insight into this in the Thessalonian church. So what is happening to the Thessalonian church? Well, they're suffering through persecution and trials. The persecution that they're experiencing is Hostility from others purely because they profess to have faith, a living relationship with the Lord Jesus. And Paul reminds them that as a result of their suffering, they will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. In other words, the suffering that you are enduring, Thessalonians, for the sake of the gospel is worth it. And in saying this, Paul sets the tone for the whole letter, which is reminding the Thessalonians to stand firm against opposition because it's worth it. And in the same way as Paul encouraged the Thessalonians 2,000 years ago through the letter of 2 Thessalonians, we too can be encouraged from it we too can be reminded of how to stand firm against the schemes of Satan. So how do we stand firm? Well, firstly, in verses 13 to 14, Paul reminds the Thessalonians of their identity. And he starts in verse 13 with, But we ought. And the word but here is highlighting that what's coming next is in contrast to what's come before. He's highlighting the striking difference between those who pursue wickedness in verses 11 and 12, the ones deceived by Satan's schemes, 
and the identity of those in the Thessalonian church. He's saying, Thessalonians, you are different from those who pursue wickedness. He's reminding them that they are different because of their identity in Christ. And what is their identity? Well, look with me in verses 13 to 14. God has chosen them to be saved. God's power is seen in the sanctifying work of the Spirit at work in them. That is, God's power changing them to be more like Jesus. God has given them the ability to have faith in the truth and he has called them through the gospel so that they might share in the glory, in the splendor and majesty of the Lord Jesus himself. Paul's saying amongst all the hardship you're experiencing, amongst wave after wave of of persecution, affliction in your mind and temptation, amongst all of Satan's schemes, you can stand firm. How? By remembering who you are in Christ. And what does it mean to be in Christ? Well, it means we've accepted his sacrifice on the cross, which paid for our sin. It means that we are a new creation. The, the old has gone and the new has come. We have a new identity, a new outlook. Paul tells the Thessalonians, remember who you are in Christ. When Jazzy and I got married, uh, we gave each other rings as a sign of the promises that we have chosen each other for life. Uh, No matter what is happening in our lives, we can look at those rings and remember we're committed to each other. When I look at my ring, I'm reminded that no matter the circumstances, my identity is formed on my relationship with Jazzy. She is is my wife and I am her husband. And that means that when things get challenging as they can in marriage, or sometimes when I make things more challenging, like when I forget to change the toilet paper or the bin, or forget to do the washing up, or a personal favourite in the Roberts household when I use all the hot water and leave none for jazz. These are some light-hearted things, right? But then there's more serious challenges, like when I say something hurtful to jazz, when I know I've hurt her with what I've said. These momentary challenges are absolutely worth it because of the blessing of growing stronger together as a result of them. When things get challenging, the rings that we have, the ring that I have, reminds me it's absolutely worth it. We are for each other. We will support each other. And as we work through these challenges, we go stronger together. We fall more in love with each other. And in the same way, Paul is reminding the Thessalonians, the hardships you're enduring are worth it. Why? Because of who you are in Christ. Because of his power working in you. Thessalonians, remember who you are. And friends, no matter what is going on in your life right now, no matter how overwhelmed, under attack or bombarded you might feel, if you profess faith in the Lord Jesus, this is who you are too. 
You are chosen. God's power is working in you to change you. God has given you faith in him. How? He's given you faith in him and we see this through your response to the call of the gospel on your life. And you too will share in the glory, in the splendour and the majesty of the Lord Jesus. And Paul is not just reminding them of their identity in Christ, he's celebrating it. He's giving thanks to God for all that God has achieved in bringing the Thessalonians to himself. What have I found helpful to remind myself of this? Having a godly perspective. That the challenges that I'm experiencing because of my faith are worth it. God's using them to grow me to be more like the Lord Jesus. God is in absolute control and he is allowing challenges to happen. Having an eternal perspective means acknowledging that the hardships we all experience as Christians are being used by God to A, transform us now and B, are temporary and minuscule compared to the glory that awaits those who faithfully serve the Lord Jesus. They're temporary and minuscule compared to eternity. Don't believe the evil ones lie that God is not in control of your circumstances. Remember who you are in Christ and that eternity is waiting. Live lives that reflect that. How do we stand firm amongst the opposition of Satan? By remembering our identity in Christ. And secondly, how do we stand firm in the gospel? Well, by taking responsibility to hold onto scripture. Verse 15 starts with, So then, and is connecting what we've just heard to what comes next. Paul is saying, Because what I've just said is true, what has he just said? Well, he said the Thessalonians remember your identity. Because of this, because of who you are in Christ, you can stand firm and hold fast to our teachings. He calls them to hold fast to the teachings that Paul passed on through his own voice and by letter. Paul is telling the Thessalonians that they have a responsibility to hold fast to the teachings they have heard from the Apostle Paul. And what does hold fast mean? Well, it means not to discard, not to let go of, to continually remind yourself to carefully and faithfully keep. And what are the Thessalonians to carefully, faithfully and continuously hold on to? The Apostles' teaching. To stand firm and hold fast is not a one-time thing. The language Paul uses here teaches the Thessalonians and us that it's a continual and daily habit of holding fast the teaching they received. And the teachings that Paul refers to here is in part the letter of two Thessalonians. God uses God used the letter of two Thessalonians to inspire and motivate 
the Thessalonian church 2,000 years ago. And in the same way, God desires to use it today in 2019 to strengthen us, the church, in fig tree, in the same way as it strengthened our brothers and sisters in Thessalonica. For us to stand firm against Satan and his schemes, we need to hold on to the teaching from Scripture. We need to learn it. We need to understand it. We need to spend time reading and thinking about it. Why? Because it's the primary means in which God chooses to reveal who he is to us. It's a little bit like this. Recently I decided to have a go at a triathlon. Leading up to it, I knew what I wanted to try. I knew the time that I wanted to try and do it in. Two hours and 45 minutes. I knew for me to get my goal, I needed to take responsibility in my training. That meant getting up early regularly. It meant when the alarm went off at 4.30 in the morning and I didn't want to get up and go training, that I had a choice. I could either choose to take responsibility and get up because I knew it was worth it to work towards my goal, or I could not. I needed to take responsibility in my training in order to grow and achieve my goal. And in the same way, Paul is highlighting to the Thessalonians and to us that we have a responsibility to be reading, meditating and reflecting on Scripture. And I know what some of you might be thinking right now. Here we go again. Another preacher telling me to read my Bible again. Well, Maddie, I've heard it all because it's the same old song and dance. You're right. It is the same old song and dance. I am telling you to read your Bible. Why? Because it's vital. It's how we train ourselves to grow. And notice that he doesn't ask the hardships to be taken away. Hang on, I've um, accidentally put my paper in the wrong spot. There will be times when we don't feel like it. But in those moments, we have a choice to take responsibility. Not to tick a box or to feel like we're doing the right thing, but because in doing so, we are training ourselves to know God more. And as we faithfully take responsibility in holding on to who God is and how he calls us to live, we grow in our capacity to stand firm against the attacks of Satan. The question that comes up here is, how is your personal devotional life going? Can I encourage you this morning to take seriously your God-given responsibility to spend time in his word? Don't allow complacency to slip in. I know in my own life it's so easy to let a couple of days slip and before I know it, it's been weeks. What have I found helpful in this? Accountability. Asking people I know and trust to keep me accountable with my walk with Christ through how my Bible reading is going. Who's doing that for you? 
I found it helpful to try and remind myself to have a mentality of I get to read the Bible instead of I have to. God graciously gifts us his word. It's a gift like at Christmas. It's a joy to open that gift. Sure, there's seasons of dryness and challenge of reading God's word, but in those, it's vital to take responsibility and choose, even when I don't feel like it, to spend time in God's word. How do we stand firm against the opposition of Satan and his schemes? By taking responsibility to hold onto Scripture. And lastly, we stand firm by asking God for help. Paul finishes by reminding the Thessalonians of how they should approach the Lord Jesus and God the Father. He reminds them, Thessalonians, you are loved. Thessalonians, your eternity is secure and of the hope that they have through grace. And he asks that God might secure and strengthen their hearts in good works and words. Notice he doesn't ask that the hardship be taken away. No. He reminds them of all that God has done for them and asks the Lord Jesus and God the Father to strengthen and comfort their hearts. Paul is modelling the means in which the Thessalonians should respond. He's showing them that they must ask God for help to do what he has called them to do, to faithfully proclaim the gospel through works, good works and good words. He's reminding them they need to come to God and ask him for help to be his people. He's showing them that they aren't as powerful as God. He is the all-powerful being and to faithfully serve him, they need his help. And as they ask him for his strength and comfort, they acknowledge, God, you are in control. Please help me. Last week, Jazz and I caught up with some good friends down in Victoria. I'm the godfather of their daughter, Abby. And one day we went for a walk. Now on this walk, Abby got a little bit tired and she started crying because she couldn't keep on going. And as she started to get upset, she looked at me and said, Maddie, can you please help me? Can you carry me? When she did this, she was identifying, Maddie, you're, you're bigger, you're stronger, you're more powerful than I am. And she noticed that I could use my power to help her. When she asked me, Maddie, can you help me? It melted my heart. Absolutely melted my heart. Of course I can, Abby, I said. I love Abby. I care about her and it brings me so much delight and joy to help her. Especially when she acknowledges that she needs help. Friends, in the same way, God loves using his power to help us. He loves it when we acknowledge that we need his help. 
And as we do this, we acknowledge, God, you're bigger and more powerful than me. It brings him delight and joy to help his children. How is your prayer life going? Are you asking God for help? Are you inviting him through his spirit to empower you? Are you asking for his strength and encouragement in the challenging circumstances you might be facing? As a father delights in helping his children, he delights in helping you. He earnestly desires that you ask for his help and he loves helping you. He is all-powerful and he is offering to empower you. Are you asking him through prayer? And if you're not, can I encourage you to seriously reflect on why you're not? Prayer is acknowledging, God, you're more powerful than me and I need you. Please help me. How do we stand firm against the opposition of Satan? By asking God for help to empower us to stand firm. The reality is that we will only stand firm if we believe that what we're standing firm for is worth it. Do you believe that standing firm in your faith is worth it? If you don't, let's get real here, you won't endure a hardship because there's no point. Standing firm in our faith is absolutely worth it. Let me tell you why. Firstly, God's power working in us is changing and turning us into people that will live the most rewarding and fulfilling life here on earth. The lie of sin and Satan is that doing what you want and pursuing all your desires will lead to fulfillment and joy. The lie of sin and Satan is disobeying how God calls us to live is heaps better. It's not. The Bible describes life in relationship with Jesus as flourishing. Living the way our Creator wants us to is the best and most rewarding way. Yep, it will be hard, but it's worth it. Satan wants you to believe that when things are hard, that God has abandoned you. He hasn't. He's present. He's with you and he's using the hardships and suffering that you experience to grow and change you. Secondly, have an eternal perspective. Life is so much more than the 80 to 100 years, how many years we have on earth. Life is about eternity. How we live on earth impacts where we will spend eternity. The challenges that we endure on earth are absolutely worth it because of the future glory, the future splendor and majesty that we will share in with the Lord Jesus. Brothers and sisters, keep standing firm in your faith. Remember 
your identity in Christ. Take responsibility to read God's word and ask for God's help to stand firm against the schemes of Satan. Remember that whatever hardship you're enduring because of your relationship with Jesus is absolutely worth it. Stand firm. I'd like to finish by encouraging us with the words of the Apostle Paul in 2 Thessalonians 3, verses 3 to 5. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts in God's love and Christ's perseverance. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Lord, we come to you now as your people, acknowledging that we need your help and asking for it. Lord Jesus, strengthen our hearts, encourage us, comfort us, Empower us through your spirit to be your people. And we ask these things in your powerful name, in the name of the risen and reigning Jesus who is right now seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen.